Did you know a podcast episode like this can provide literally dozens of marketing content assets for your business? It's brought to you by Content Monster, your go-to for engaging marketing content, like this podcast or remote video production. It's not just a podcast, it's your marketing powerhouse. Visit contentmonster.com to learn more. That's contentmonsta.com. Hello, listener, and welcome to Great Designs. My name is Tim Kilfoyle, and I'm happy to host our Great Designs podcast, shining light on the complicated world of electronic design. Great design can be a challenge on its own, but it can be tougher to know where and how to get good information. We know this, and we help navigate through it every day. We built the Great Designs podcast to be a low-pressure, content-rich environment with topics that matter to you. Make us a regular stop and be informed. So Jordan Yates from Knowles Capacitors, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And it's a topic that is near and dear to my profession, that is to say, electronic component sales. And I know it's important to you because despite the fact that you're a degreed engineer, you also are in technical marketing. We're going to get in that. I want to state the problem, though, that we're that we're talking about here. So today, the electronics industry is facing a generation of engineering graduates who are tough to reach. They're entering the workforce with a set of skills and behaviors that don't respond to conventional marketing and digital outreach methods. This group is much more tech savvy than generations before. In fact, we call them tech innate. They've got a familiarity and comfort online. They're willing to allow algorithms and destiny to lead them to the technical solutions that they seek. A recent survey, in fact, shows that among this group, they prefer a strictly digital purchasing path toward their desired outcome, meaning no human interaction. And they're comfortable ending up at a giant online transactional distributor with over 10,000 manufacturers available to them. So Jordan, I want to ask what you think. How can today's manufacturer differentiate themselves in this crowded distribution environment that we've we found ourselves in? Tim... When you're shopping, do you prefer Amazon or going into the store? So you're talking to me as a generational, uh, as your of generation. a person of a completely different generation. Yeah. Yes. So when I you're think, nowadays, not talking sure. about 10 years ago, when you want something and you want it now and you want to look at it, are you going on Amazon or are you driving to the store? So I'd love to answer that question, but what is obvious to me now is that you have no problem taking over and asking the questions. <laughs> I will tell you that I I actually prefer the event of going to the store because there's okay. more planning that comes into it and I sort of have the time to think about exactly what I want and go find it. I could probably do that online, but true, it's generationally sort of defined. I would prefer to be in store and have at that moment. Okay, so there's the difference. Take the technical aspect out of it and just think of our regular day-to-day consumer experiences. Much of my generation is online. We're comfortable with Amazon. We want to fill up our cart. We want to compare all of our options. And then maybe we buy it, maybe we don't. But we feel very safe in being able to look at other people's reviews, scrolling through that, scrolling through all the different pictures, imagining it for ourselves, and then making our decision. The difference there is, yeah, one, there's no human interaction. There's not the anxiety of going in the store, not knowing what you're looking for, having to ask for help. Um, And I think that's something that a lot of people, especially engineers our age, struggle with is the fear of asking for help because they don't want to look dumb, which is, you know, totally understandable for 
um, some people. So in their minds, I think it's easier to just scroll and scroll and scroll like we're used to with everything else in our lives and then make our decision based on what we can find online. I'm not saying it's the right way. I'm just saying if that's what we do with every other decision we make, how do we differ it from when we're making a decision at work? Yeah, I agree with that. It's what I've seen in practice with people. I'll say engineering students, but really people who are sort of of that generation, what we're effectively calling Gen Z. So Jordan, before we get too deep into it, because we're actually going to hit on on a few of those topics there, I want to just get your background a little bit. So Jordan Yates, Knowles Capacitors, but you're actually a recent grad. So tell us, when did you graduate? What did you study and which school? Yes. So I graduated in December 2020, which whew, was a rough time to graduate. I studied mechanical engineering at Texas Tech University throughout school. I did a lot of oil and gas type internships. And then I don't know if you recall, but in 2020, oil and gas was in a very rough spot. So I went to the online job fair because it wasn't in person, not due to our Gen Z choices, but due to, um, you know, COVID. So went in there and I got a job in industrial manufacturing on the distributor side for electrical components. And I took maybe two electrical classes in college and I was like, this is not what I want to do, um, but I need a job because <laughs> I have bills to pay. So why not? So I became a sales engineer there. I uh, did that for a little over a year, and then I was looking for a change, and now I'm in Knowles Capacitors. So, <laughs> and in that capacity, you are technical marketing, correct? What, what's yes. what's your title and what's the role? So my title is marketing engineer, which sounds a little confusing and a little bit of like an oxymoron because those are two very different things. But essentially, we have a small group where we have some of the more customer-facing, uh, rep-facing people who make all the graphics, the the website, search engine optimization, all that. And then you have me and my boss where we make sure all the information is technically correct because we can't expect all the marketing people to understand, you know, down to the capacitors and the application. So it's our job to verify that all the information we're putting out there is correct. Great. So as a representative of your peers, of your cohort, the group that graduated, say, between 2018 and, and 2022, you've been in class with these engineers. They're your friends. They're now out in the world working in different fields. Paint the picture for us. What are they like? How do they prefer to get their information? What apps do they use? Tools do they use, et cetera? And, and more importantly, which ones will they never use? These are important for people who are actually trying to market to them. And if you're trying to sell them the wrong thing, of course, it's never going to work. But where do they live? How do they act? Uh, I don't mean to speak of them as a different species, but really, <laughs> they are. <laughs> give, us a, give us an idea of what it's like. Okay, Tim. So not to disappoint you, but I, <laughs> if I think about my classroom... Um, I'm not a super good representative of the masses because in a majority of my classes, I was the only girl and I was one of the few people who actually was comfortable speaking to other human beings. So I do feel like my experience was a little bit different than a lot of my classmates, but nonetheless, they were my friends and I hung out with them. Uh, I would say a lot of them were very shy and they do prefer, you know, being behind a screen because it's a little bit safer. And a lot of the guys too, you know, they 
also like didn't interact with many women. A lot of them, I was like the only woman in their life minus their mom. So they were very nervous, especially with interacting with women. So it, it was interesting because I think that it is just a matter of, like you said, a bit of that social anxiety hiding behind the screen because they're very smart guys and they know how to get things done, but they do prefer going the route where you don't have to speak to anybody or where you don't have to fear rejection or looking like you don't know what you're talking about. Because Tim, did you, did you do engineering or? I did not. Mark. Okay. Um, so spoiler alert, as good as school <laughs> is, um, when an engineer graduates, we still don't know what we're doing at all. Okay. Like you learn so much theory and unless you're going into a theoretical field, you don't know what you're doing. So you're still learning on the job and we are secretly desperate for someone to tell us what to do. I noticed that when I was a sales engineer at my last job with the young people, they are open to, you know, hearing what you have to say, but they're afraid to ask. So yeah, they stick with going online and you just kind of have to show them that you're a non-threatening person that is going to help them and give them what they need. I don't know if that fully answers your question. <laughs> well, actually, it's it's a great lead into a question we have regarding what you're hiding behind. So you mentioned it yeah. specifically, hiding behind the screen. And I would say hiding behind voicemail, hiding behind email. And it brings up the topic of work from home because now, yeah. and you mentioned it in the job fair that you went to, uh, sort of the experience you've had coming out of school, you were forced into it. That yeah. is not an experience that other graduating engineers have had. You had no choice. So now, again, from my profession, as it relates to component sales into these young engineers, mm -hmm. and I appreciate what you just mentioned about them, because that's not something I frankly had even considered, the fact that they would be fearful on that. Although I've known for a long time, they don't have a class on how to deal with supplier salespeople. No. But I'll just ask. <laughs> so as it relates to hiding behind things, they can now work from home. And mm -hmm. I just want to get your thoughts on how, how is that making it difficult for you now as a manufacturer in reaching these people? I find it hugely uh, important, but also difficult to reach them now in working from home. I want to get your thoughts. Yeah, I would say that something that we've noticed is a good tactic, which we're looking into doing more of is like video because people my age, they like to watch videos they like very quick, easy to digest materials. And a lot of times um, when we're trying to like educate someone or reach out, we'll put out all this like really technical stuff. We not as in Knowles, but the industry um, we will put out a lot of technical, overwhelming information when my generation is very into like instant gratification. Like we want to see something short, sweet to the point and then explore at our own will. We don't want to be over, you know, in didn't. I can't think of the word. You don't, we don't want to be overwhelmed with information all at once. So it's kind of like we need to bait them a little bit more with like a video, something flashy, something like, uh, do you know what Instagram reels are and TikToks and all of that? Sure. I mean, those are like 15 seconds a majority of the time. And the shorter and more capturing it is more quickly, the more likely it is to get your interest. They'll go on their page, they'll scroll and watch a bunch of other 15 second videos. So it's about being able to satisfy that instant gratification in a catchy quick way. But then you deal with the issue of how do you make electrical components catchy and interesting? It's very difficult because, you know, I mean, this is our day jobs. Some people are really into it. Some people are just here for a paycheck or they ended up in this job because they're like, eh, there was no other job like I did with my first job. 
So it's it's a matter of how do we make it relatable and interesting in 15 seconds or less? And I think that's kind of that sweet spot of how to grab their attention and then present yourself as a resource from there. So is this version of video content something that you're pursuing at your current employer? Is it something that you've seen with other manufacturers? Yeah, so it is something we're getting more into. We have a YouTube channel and I know we're working on expanding that. Um, before I did this, I was a sales engineer, like I said, for electrical components. And I actually had my own YouTube channel. And I found that a lot of the success I had on there was through posting things on LinkedIn first, and then just kind of like a little teaser of, hey, look at this demo I'm going to do. And then just like a picture of me with a demo. And then it's like, oh, that looks fun. And then they would go watch my video. Um, for reasons we will not get into today, I knew no longer have that YouTube channel and had to delete everything on it. But that is another story for another day. But um, I, I did find that video was a very effective way of doing it because it was like relatable. It gave you something that you needed to like learn. But having a human in it was helpful because it wasn't just like electrical components. It was like someone enjoying them. And I think that that made it more fun. Interesting. So as a member of this group, I'm just going to say Gen Z, as a member mm -hmm. of this group, Gen Z, do you find, in my mind, I want to think back to some of the people that I've dealt with in the past who would see this probably as an invasion of privacy. In other mm -hmm. words, when I'm on TikTok or Reels, this is my personal life, not my work life. Get these work component ads or stories out from in front of me. I don't want to see them. I do that 40 hours a week somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Do you, is there a blending? Is there a, a mixing? Is it, you know, no bars, no holds barred anymore? You can, you can do work, you can do life, you can do whatever you want and you don't mind. Yeah. Cause I think working from home, it really blurs the line of when I'm at work and when I'm at home, cause you're working from home. So I would say it's, it's not upsetting to scroll. And then you see some sort of like technical thing. Cause half my feed is like something called like cool engineering videos and you'll see like a really cool technology doing something really fast and then the next thing it's like a raccoon hugging a dog it's like <laughs> it's a whole lot but i mean i i would say seeing the same thing over and over is going to make me close my phone faster so getting to see a variety keeps me more interested in my feed um so i think if you can find a way to make these topics interesting and kind of like hit on, you know, the buzz topics that are going around. Like I know electric vehicles are very big right now. So maybe you do a little clickbaity electric vehicle type thing or something like that to where it's relatable enough to a technical or non-technical person. Um, because I, I do think that a lot of engineers, they, they do like to see that stuff. I think they can find it interesting. It's just a matter of how do you make it interesting? Got it. Well, so here we're going to go through a little, it's not quite a test. It's just, it's a way to kind of understand the Gen Z mindset as it relates to a couple of topics that I'm just going to throw at you. So okay. as a young engineer, I'm going to ask you to put that hat on young okay. engineer. It's probably, it's probably like a beanie that's tight, uh, <laughs> tight against your head. So you know, it's there, but it says young engineer. A beanie. <laughs> so there are no right or wrong answers. I am just going to hit you with two phrases and you simply tell us what resonates more with you. So okay. the first one is, well, we'll just jump right into it. Sales rep versus internet sale. I, I mean, Too internet sale, but <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's so hard because I was a sales rep before, so I don't, I don't want to discount them, but 
Sure. Yeah, no, I, this I is just as a young engineer. Remember, okay, yeah, that's, just that's no your... bias, just me and my generation. Exactly. It's, I'm not Jordan anymore. <laughs> so I'll say it again. Sales rep okay. versus internet sale. It's going to be internet sale. Google DigiKey. Ooh, Google to start, but I love DigiKey. <laughs> Design automation doing the calculation. Design automation. Starting at eight, getting work done on my time. I like to start at eight. But teams you know, my call, <laughs> teams call, sales call, teams call, phone call, text, text. But that's for a majority of reasons. I'm very forgetful. I like to have it all in one place so I can reflect. <laughs> sales rep, FAE. Um, they're probably sales rep because maybe the generation's not familiar with all the acronyms because we, like I said, we don't know anything. Fair enough. Video <laughs> newsletter, PDF newsletter. Video, video. Especially those little GIF ones where it's just like you get a little intro and it's like three seconds and then you can click on it and watch it. Technical white paper, technical video. The video. Working from home, working from office. Oh, working from home. <laughs> <laughs> working my way, collaborating. I, I like collaborating. Supplier visit, team building. Hmm. Why supplier visit? Work-life balance, advancing at work. Oh, work-life balance. Video email, text email. I think a text email is faster to digest. Interesting. Okay, but you prefer video as it relates to technical information or having something explained. Mm-hmm. But maybe if it's a topic that you, what, know about, you'd rather have text? Yeah, I would say if it's a short text that maybe because like earlier you said white paper or video, I, I think video there because you're talking long versus long reading. But if it's like just a text email where it's like a short introduction, like an abstract, maybe I would say that and then that could lead you into something else. But unless you're saying you're explaining like a white paper length within a text email, then probably video. Interesting. So one other stat I just want to share is there was a study I read uh, two days ago regarding attention span, and the average attention span has dropped from 12 seconds to eight seconds. So what you state is actually in line, I think, with where younger people are today receiving uh, data by, by email. So, okay, that's great. I appreciate that. And that is sort of putting you in your category squarely, but it also yeah. tells us more about marketing, which is, I think, so important for people of my generation. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start again. This time it's just yes or no. I've only got a few of these. It's just yes or no. Can you tell me I was a salesperson that I can't just answer a question straight? Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> but you're right. It's, you seem to be more sales than engineering. Oh, Although your degree, your de degree says otherwise. Yeah. So just... Um, so again, just yes or no, Okay. sharing your email address with websites for access or content. Yes. Trusting the algorithm. Uh, no. We've trusted allowing, <laughs> allowing social media to connect the dots among my many digital accounts. Yes. Trading access for a site's ability to digitally profile me. Yes, because in the long run, it makes my life a little easier. <laughs> it's not Pers the right thing to do, though. Personal digital security is my number one concern. No, but it probably should be. <laughs> Tr 
trusting big tech companies? Hmm. No. Preferring to search to find the information I need? Yes. Preferring content find me? Both yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I put those at odds thinking that you'd have to answer yes and no, but... You thought okay. wrong. I want both. <laughs> right. Okay. Fair enough. I, I, want, I want a little bait and then I want to do more research. So this I'm also is, a researcher, Tim. That's what I do all day. So. <laughs> got it. Okay. Fair enough. So this is pointing us toward this marketing direction that you and I both have interest in. Mm -hmm. And I want to understand from your perspective, in the role you have now, technical marketing, is there a particular form of content or a marketing piece that is going to generate a higher percentage of opens among the young engineering population? So I'm looking for the most reliable form. If you're going to go ahead and put together something that you're going to send out to a young engineer, what is generating the most opens? And you're saying via email? Any sort of marketing piece that's going to be generated out of your your group? Um, I would say sponsored ads where it's like a picture and then you can like click to learn more. I would say is something that's pretty popular amongst my group. You know, if you're like scrolling on LinkedIn or if you're on Instagram, you'll have a sponsored ad and it'll be like some cute shirt from Amazon. You click on it and then you want to learn more. I would say those are effective because you're somewhere where they're already looking. Um, so I would say that's a good way to just like be in the back of someone's head all the time because maybe they don't click the first time, but you see it enough and you're kind of interested and you want to learn more. I, I know like going via Instagram is not exactly the most uh, conventional way if you're doing technical uh, marketing, but that is where a lot of people my age spend their time. I mean, they may be at work and scrolling in between um, LinkedIn for sure. I, I would say a lot of my LinkedIn community, though, isn't as much people my age as it is maybe more millennials that are into it. But I would say sponsored ads are like, they're, they're not invasive. I, I would say people, people do like those. However, so first I want to ask, what do you think is driving that? So you're calling that the most successful clicks, mo the most successful opens. What, what's driving that? Is it just the time that Gen Z spends on social media? Yeah, I think it's just the redundancy of seeing something over and over. And eventually you just like have to be interested. You're like, okay, this has popped up many times because for whatever reason, my algorithm thinks that I would like this because a lot of times the algorithms, you know, they go across Instagram, Amazon, LinkedIn, your Google searches, and they're all connected. They're all information sharing. So you assume, oh, my phone probably knows me pretty well. So if this is targeting me, then yeah, maybe it's something I'm interested in. Um, like my boyfriend will send me things because he's like, I've seen this targeted ad 20 times. Should I get this? Like, and it'll be some hat or something. And so it's like, I think that these people my age, they really think that their phones know them. So if you're on their phone up in these ads, then they're like, yeah, this must be related to me. I know that sounds silly, but it's, it's how our generation thinks, unfortunately. Interesting. So video is definitely increasing in use. We see it yes. across the different studies that come out with stats and so forth. So to the extent you believe the statistics, video is definitely growing, not just among the people using it, but also the amount of time that they're using it throughout the week. So mm -hmm. how, as it relates to video specifically, how are you using it in your current role? How do you see it changing, developing, and so forth? Um, in my current role, like I said, the department, we're working on it, but it's not something we've been doing as much. Um, it's not something I've been directly involved with quite yet, but it will be in the future. But I, I would say something that we do 
wonder a lot is like, where do you draw the line between like entertaining and educating and showing capability? So it's like kind of those three things. Like we want to catch your attention we want to be entertaining, but where's the why? Like, why are we putting this out here? Are we trying to educate you on who we are as a company and what we do? Or do we want to educate you on say engineering basics because it's things you might not have learned how to do in school because like I said, we come out of school not knowing as much as we should or like what's the goal? So I think a lot of times it kind of depends what our goal is. And that's more of the the first step of when you're making the video, like what are you trying to achieve there? So I guess for you um, at your company, what are you aiming for? Are you just aiming for like name recognition? Are you hoping to educate like on your products or like I guess that would help me kind of answer the question a little better. Sure. Well, <laughs> frankly, it's more about segmenting that market, that potential market. Mm-hmm. We do those same things that you just referenced. Why are we doing yeah. it? What category does this fall under? But I guess I want to ask, are you f- actively segmenting your market as it relates to age groups, trying to reach these younger engineers? Um. Yes, that would fall under the category of like a section where it's like the engineering basics type thing of if I'm going to talk about, say, a onboard charger in a electric vehicle, then maybe I want to make a video on how the resonant capacitors work and what a resonant capacitor is with inside of this onboard charger, because it's something that the young engineers may not know. So kind of the more granular level, I would say is something that we would be targeting them on to educate them there so they can understand the concept as a whole. So as a subject that makes sense to me, uh, a young engineer would be interested in something like that relative to the content. But in terms of the methods, is there, are you reaching into a different toolbox to reach these young engineers? You referenced already the social media, and it's Mm -hmm. something that you're getting into in a, a newer way. You've relayed the experience you've had through your own use of social media, but I'm just curious in industry for a company mm-hmm. like the one that you and I work for, what what's going to be the most effective method to reach them? Is it social media? Is it training? How do you see that? Um, I would say a mix of both. So of course, like you said, a lot of the times our our generation is going to be searching things on their own. So I would say search engine optimization is very important. If someone's going to be Googling a concept close to what you're selling, I would say find a way to be up there because you're going to get clicked on. Have a very user-friendly page that has the educational materials, but also makes them feel like they have a path when they're going through your website of if I want to learn about XYZ or I need this product, sort of like a a how-to upfront to where it's not so overwhelming to digest. Um, And then on top of that, I would say having supplemental videos helps too with the search optimization because they're searching that maybe a video pops up on this topic that you guys made once again brings them back to you again. So um, I would say in trainings are helpful too, but... um, I, I would say maybe you're targeting, you'd want to target like the managers of these young people and present these trainings and then have them relay it to them. But are are you asking more specifically training as in someone doing it on their own time or like a company mandated type of training? Well, I'm just thinking reaching, just reaching, reaching them. Yeah. Okay. The methods yeah. to reach them. Yeah. I, I would say just think about the method of what I would be doing if I want to learn something. Am I going to see it in my email? Maybe, maybe not. Um, A lot of times when I get like subscribed emails, I don't always look at them. My company also filters them out pretty heavily. I know a lot of companies do that too. 
Um, but I would say if I'm trying to learn something, yeah, the first thing I do is Google it. So you, you probably just want to really focus on that search engine optimization to where you're at the top of my Google search to where I'm going to see you first. And then if you give me enough information on your page, maybe I'll stop there. Got it. That's interesting. So what I'm hearing is you're hitting multiple avenues. You're not relying on one. It's really got to no. be, see it many impressions, many different methods, many different ways. You've referenced YouTube, you've referenced LinkedIn, you've referenced social media, you've referenced- We do a lot. <laughs> uh, SEO, right. So I maybe that is the key to finding them, that they have to see you frequently in order to generate the sort of response that we want. So- mm -hmm. Uh, okay. Well, I've got a, on, on the Am I email. answering any of your questions? Oh, you are. No, we're sort of finding our way into the mind of Gen Z and that's exactly it's what rough. we're after. <laughs> it's a rough place. <laughs> so one of the, you've referenced email mm -hmm. and subscribing to letters, but we've noticed that a lot of young engineers use burner, what we call burner emails, right? Mm -hmm. It's a Yahoo or a Google. They don't want to be, they don't want to be John at at Raytheon.com, they want to be John at gmail.com. So they mm -hmm. want to hide their identity, not because there's anything they're trying that they're, it's a big secret. It's just, they don't want the bombardment of all of the emails and videos and so forth that we've been discussing. So from your position, is that something that concerns you? Is that something that you've seen? Because we also, in fact, I've reached out to many marketing companies who say, yeah, when we sell email lists, we never sell, sell the Gmail accounts. We never sell the Yahoo account. So a lot of companies are actually weeding that out as well. I'm just curious from your perspective, do you see this, the burner emails? Um, yeah, I I definitely know what you're referencing, but I would I would also counter that with um why would you want to be friends with someone who doesn't want to be friends with you? If you have the correct email, maybe you'll get to them, maybe you won't, but they're providing a burner because they're basically saying, if you send me an email, I'm not going to read it. So you would be wasting your resources by sending it to the correct email if they gave it to you. If they give you the correct email, they want to hear what you have to say. If they don't, they probably don't. So if it got in their inbox, they wouldn't read it anyways. So I almost think that it's a good filtering method for this person sending the email to not waste their time. Fair enough. They're self-selecting <laughs> out. Yes, okay. exactly. Got it. So as a young engineer, uh, you've worked for a couple of different manufacturers now. I just want to know, from your perspective, annoying traits, and maybe people in your cohort or in your your Gen Z category, what would you see as the most annoying traits among manufacturers trying to sell into you? Okay. So I'm say if I'm the position of someone selling something to me is what you're saying? Well, sure. It's the person who's on the other end of your marketing efforts right now. So okay. what, what do they see as the most annoying features because they're a young, young engineer just like you? Hmm. I, I would say I know something that, that a lot of my age group doesn't like is being bombarded with calls, especially if it's just like it, it's not something that you like asked for or reached out for. Um Gosh, yeah, they, they really do not like being called. Um, something else that'd be annoying. Gosh, it's hard to say because there's so much we can just screen. Like you were saying, like, you know, you have a burner email, you have this and that. It's like, it's so easy for us to screen when we don't want to be bothered that we can just ignore it if we want to. Um, but from our end of trying to reach out to them, I, I would say that that is what is annoying. It's, it's, it's annoying for the people trying to market is that you know that if, 
you're not right up their alley that they're just going to ignore you. And it's like, how do you just, you know, grab them by the shoulder, shake them and say, hey, listen to me, I, I do have something useful to say. So I would I would say that is a struggle is capturing their attention. And then on the other side of it would be you don't want to be bothered. So why would it like? Yeah, that's that's the catch 22. <laughs> so what about texts to their mobile phones? Do you see it the same way? Um, I mean, it, it's going to have to seem personable enough, which is kind of hard to do with an automated text message. So if you're just doing like an automated texting campaign, it's going to seem like, you know, when you get a Bed Bath & Beyond coupon, you're just going to ignore that or delete that message. So it's like, are, are you texting them personally as a salesperson? Like, hey, Jordan, how's your day going? Do you need any help with X, Y, Z? They'll probably respond. Or they'll not respond, but they'll keep your text message and respond to you when they do need help. Um, but if it's just like a generated automated text, it'll, it'll probably get ignored. Got it. So again, I'm hearing frequency is okay, mm -hmm. but not if it's directly into a phone, uh, by a phone call, et cetera. Yeah, because if it's overwhelming and too much, then they're just going to like crawl away in a hole and say, don't talk to me. <laughs> Got it. So one of the other trends that have it, it has developed among this this group is the frequency of job hopping. Oh, so the yeah. expectation doesn't seem to be that you're going to come out of college, enter the workforce with one company, and really plan to stay there for five, seven, ten years. It's I'm going to get my feet wet here, and then I'm going to see what else is out there. And I'm just curious, um, is this the expectation you had when you came out of school? And among your peers, what have you seen? Yeah, so I, I've definitely seen a lot of job hopping, no doubt. Everyone has their reasons, but I would say th the difficult thing is, like I said, when we're coming out of school, for one, we're kind of in a position of desperation. Um, we're just going to kind of take whatever we can find because you know, we just spent four or five, you know, maybe six years on getting this extremely stressful degree. Now we need to make money. Now we need to pay bills. We're stressed out. And there's always like, when you're in engineering school, there's this constant like do or die mentality and just like this high anxiety, just constantly with like your schoolwork. So when it comes to picking a job, sometimes I feel like we don't have the emotional bandwidth to think it through all the way. Um, that being one factor. The second factor being, we, un unless you had internships in college, which, you know, could be 50-50, whether or not someone has, you don't actually know what it's like to be a real engineer. You, you don't realize maybe you're just doing a lot of spreadsheets, maybe you're having a lot of meetings, maybe you're not even really doing engineering, maybe you're just a problem solver. And I think someone may get into an industry they thought they wanted to be in, but they didn't actually understand what it was. So then, yeah, they do it for a few months and then they're like, this isn't what I thought. Um, commitment issues are horrible in my age group. And so then they're like, I want to see what else is out there because this isn't what I thought it was. Um, so yeah, I, I do see a lot of job hopping. I mean, specifically for me, like I, I was at my first job out of college for a little over a year. I left for a little more complicated reasons than that. Um, but there, there is that thing of once you get experience, you're much more valuable. So you can get a job that you'd actually want or think that you want that you couldn't get right out of school with no experience. So there is that kind of like bridge job. It's always the first out of college job kind of situation. It's interesting in our industry, it's not necessarily a bad thing. And what I mean is, as we sell into people in Detroit and people move mm -hmm. from car company to car company, we actually gain this sort of grassroots uh, 
brand awareness as they move from one company to another. So actually, it, it's a little frustrating for us in some respects, but there is a silver lining, I think. Let me just ask you, do you have you seen that same thing among people you've you've left? Well, people that you're marketing to today, are you seeing them in different jobs as they take your name with them and experience with them? Oh, absolutely. Because like, if you're doing a good job with your message one place and you're building the trust in your community, then like when they move to another job, then they already know who you are. And it's likely that they're going to go to some sort of similar industry job because that's where their experience is. Maybe just you switch from distributor to manufacturer because that's typically like the upgrade more or less that they'll say. Or you go from like sales to more technical role or vice versa. So yeah, I would say building trust and just being consistent in the community you're sending the messages to, they'll remember you. And I I think that is interesting. Like you said, it's sort of building the grassroots sort of campaign is they, they do move around a lot. And I even see in our industry, like even throughout like their careers, like they still continue to move a lot. You go on someone's LinkedIn page and look at all their jobs and it'll be like a whole bunch of like similar ones within the same industry. So uh, yeah, I, I would say there there is that um, sort of advantage there of they're going to be in multiple places. And then that's your window in to getting into that company. Yeah, it's interesting. It's certainly a change I can say from experience because there are some people I started with, engineers in fact, who I knew for 15 years at the same company, uh, able to to always refer back to them and and the relationship I had with them. But so just to wrap things here, Jordan, it's you've enlightened us on so many things as it relates to your people coming out of school. But I want to I'm going to give you the chance to give your you can just give advice. So there are kids <laughs> coming out of school this spring in 2023, right? There are kids coming mm-hmm. out probably this winter in 2022. I want to know what advice would you give. Let's say to marketing professionals, to sales professionals, people like you and me who are looking at cracking the code when it comes to these engineering graduates. Goodness. Okay, Tim, I I feel like I've been struggling because these questions are good. They're just, they're so broad. So I I feel like I am circling the drain and not quite answering them. So I want to try to leave it on a note where something makes sense that I'm saying. So, okay. Say we're in our marketing position, someone's coming out of school, we want to capture their attention, correct? Correct. How do we do that? So I would say, one, be where they are, um, rather you're the one at their job fairs and you're recruiting them or you're in their digital space, be it LinkedIn, be it you know Instagram ads or whatnot, because you know, maybe they don't have a work email yet for you to bombard. So it's like, where are they now in this transitional period um, when they're looking to get into the industry? So I would say, honestly, like the job fairs are a pretty good place to go. Uh, be a name that they like are familiar with before they get out of college or stick with the educational route of, you know, maybe the more technical videos that are still kind of interesting to where you're in your senior year of electrical component design and you have a controls class and maybe your company is one that is giving them the most easy to understand example to help them finish their project. They're going to remember you when they graduate. They're going to have that like special connection of they're the ones that got me through this. And then they see you at the job fair and they're like, oh my gosh, like, you you saved me like you you helped me get through because we rely on the internet so much with learning that it's just like i said be where they are be in their their space and when they graduate if you get that search engine optimization of being able to pop up at the top of 
where they're searching, then once again, it's just that repetition over and over, be where they are. And unfortunately, a lot of where they are is online and you have to find a way to be there and be desirable. So maybe focus on good graphics or short video clips or something that's sort of clickbaity to where it's like, oh, I've seen you over and over again. I want to click on your page. I want to learn more. You're someone who's been helpful to me. And you just, they, they, they end up becoming a follower, as they say. So be something worthwhile to follow or to watch and it'll attract the right people. If you're boring, we can't help you. (laughs) Yeah, no, I get it. It's funny to hear you use the term clickbaity in a normal course of business sort of application. I think of it as a horrible connotation sort of application, but (laughs) it is sort of the world we live in. Yeah. Well, Jordan, it's great to get your insight on this. It's hugely valuable to me and people like me. So I really appreciate your coming on and giving us such uh, thoughtful answers. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning into Great Designs, our low-pressure, content-rich environment where we cover topics related to superior designs and electronics. Our content is posted here once a month, and we hope to catch you on our next episode. Did you know a podcast episode like this can provide literally dozens of marketing content assets for your business? It's brought to you by Content Monster, your go-to for engaging marketing content, like this podcast or remote video production. It's not just a podcast, it's your marketing powerhouse. Visit contentmonster.com to learn more. That's contentmonsta.com.